Hello, friends and friends of friends, and welcome to the December subscriber episode. I have with me Alex. Hello, Alex. Hello. How are you? I am doing well. We are the week before our live shows, so we are in <gasps> frenzied stress mode. panic mode. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited to be here. How are you? I'm feeling the same. You know, I'm feeling both like very excited for the live shows because I am like excited to see all of our friends and friends of friends. And also I'm terrified. So that's a beautiful um, (laughs) balance to hold within yourself, I think. I've only had one stress dream. So that's pretty good so far. Same. I had one stress dream last night that none of the sounds worked. Um, And also that the live show was in essentially like a big classroom at my at my college. Um, Wow, that sounds bad. Yeah, yeah. To be clear, the sound will work and it will not be held at um, <laughs> classroom at Alex's college. Yeah. The live show is next week at 6th and I. If you have tickets, please don't forget that you have them. Um, the shows are Wednesday <laughs> and Thursday and we are really excited. I mean, today I've been working on paring down the script for the story that we're going to tell. And it like, as I was going through it and like paring it down, I was like, Oh my God, this is so good. I'm so excited to do this. (laughs) It's the same story we did at the New York show, but like, I'm more ready to tell it this time. So I'm really excited to do the two shows. Yeah, I was a little nervous about doing the same story uh, because what if somebody came to the New York show and then they Mm -hmm. went to the DC show? But I think that the overall shape of the show is just going to be really different because we've had time to reflect on what we liked about the first show um, and become more deranged in the ideas that we're cooking up for for these shows. Yeah, I feel like our... so. Our editor, Normal Gossip's editor, Justin Ellis, is on parental leave currently. And we had, like, Alex and I were messaging in the Normal Gossip Slack room yesterday and being like, oh, we've made the show really deranged. And Justin, like, slid into my DMs and was like, how deranged? Is everything okay? And I was like, Justin, calm down. It's fun deranged. Go back to your baby. Which is, like, I think just a good sign that we're, like, creating concern. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, I will say like the show from top to bottom is treat city for fans of the show. Like, yeah, you know, I I don't want to give anything away, but I'll just say like when you walk in, there will be music playing and you should pay attention to what's playing. Yeah. (laughs) Alex has made a beautiful playlist that I am obsessed with. I love it. We also will have merch, which is very Mm -hmm. exciting. I think there's going to be one exclusive thing that we don't have online, Mm -hmm. but I can't remember exactly. So that will be fun. What else do you need to know? I'm trying to think. Um, We posted on Instagram today a little like ticket drama image where if you need to switch shows or you're still trying to buy tickets or you need to sell your tickets, you can like do that in the comments there so that you don't have to use like a third party platform and pay fees. We hate fees. We're not Taylor Swift. No, we (laughs) despise Ticketmaster and also are poor. (laughs) Um, And then for the people who are watching online, uh, we're really excited to see how that goes for you. And we've, would love mm-hmm. to hear about the experience because this is our first time live streaming a show. Um, so we will see, but like really yeah. excited about that. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun and there are tickets still available for that. So if yeah. you want to watch that, you can 
grab those online. Um, a piece of information that I think is important because people keep yelling at me and being like, this is a 7 p.m. show that's 4 p.m. on the West Coast, is that you do not have to watch the show live. If you have an online ticket, you have 48 <laughs> hours to watch it. So that's a you problem and not a me problem. Um, love that for us. Very exciting. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. What else are we talking about today? We So part of the reason that Alex and I are gabbing up top here and like going to keep gabbing for a little bit, so sorry, is that we had like a fair amount of issue this month scheduling the subscriber episode like nobody's fault just like everyone's busy in the month of November Mm -hmm. and like finding someone who had a story that was ready to tell and had the time to talk to us was like a little more complicated than we had expected it to be and because this is supposed to be like a fun little subscriber episode we didn't want to stress ourselves to a point of breaking to like get it done in time for you so we just brought you this like very fun episode. We have special updates from Patrick at the end about the chess <laughs> drama. So stay tuned for that. It's very exciting. But because of that, I think Alex, you and I wanted to talk to the listeners about like, ideas they might have for the subscriber episode and like shapes that it could fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I go through our little Google Excel spreadsheet uh, that has everybody who has signed up to potentially be a guest on a subscriber episode. And I will, you know, do the random number generator and pick somebody. Um, and sometimes they don't have a story to tell. They just, you know, mm-hmm. want to to be in the pool to get to come on the show to talk to Kelsey, um, which I think makes sense. And so we've just been thinking a lot about like, you know, what is a way that we could shape these episodes that would still allow you all to come and hang with us for an hour um, without putting like so much pressure on you to like bring a story and like definitely if you have a gossip story you want to tell like you are still welcome to do that but we've just been like thinking about like you know are there games we could play are there other things that we could do with you guys so like is there I would love to know if there's anything that you all would want to do with us on these episodes that would feel like a fun thing both to do but also to listen to yeah I think this is also like it's your episode right like you're the subscribers so like whatever you want we'll figure out unless you want me to write a script because I do not have time to do that and I'll (laughs) die Uh, but we I we want it to be fun for you and I think like there are probably some games we could do but we would love to hear your ideas or what you'd be interested in coming on and talking about Mm -hmm. um any of that really yeah yeah if you want to email us and just like put it uh put it in the subject line like subscriber episode idea uh we Mm -hmm. can collect them from there and that'll be super helpful Um, but i think that like for the january episode for example i think we're gonna try an experiment um to see yeah just like how it goes um because yeah a lot of you also have jobs that are like filled with gossip but you're not allowed to talk about it which is fair um, yeah fine don't get fired from your job yeah, I guess we really don't want you like breaking HIPAA or like yeah the law don't. I don't know <laughs> um so but we we still want you to like get to have this fun perk of the subscription yeah exactly yeah um do you want to hear something crazy yeah oh <laughs> what do you know what next week is Besides the live show? Oh my gosh. Is it our anniversary? It's the anniversary (laughs) of dropping the trailer. Like the Uh, anniversary of the announcement of normal gossip. I feel like it's been 84 years. 
I know. It's like our it's like our sonogram anniversary. <laughs> Obviously, we'll have to do something like for our actual one month birthday. Luckily, it was a short gestation for yeah, yeah. the podcast. But isn't oh that beautiful? God. Yeah. Shout out to the people who are here from the trailer drop. Yeah, we love you. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe we could do like some reflection since it's oh. December and it's the end of the year. Oh. And I think that could be fun. Okay. Of like, how do you think this first year went? Like, what surprised you? Oh, my God. Everything surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, okay, I I have produced many podcasts. And when I heard of this concept, I was like, that's that's the show. That's a winner, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, picture me, picture me like chomping on a cigar, also, and like leaning back, placing on, bets on my like desk. In a yeah, horse card. <laughs> <laughs> That's a winner. Um, so I knew that it was going to be successful. I knew that people would love it. I did not know that people would love it so much. Like, yeah, we we did not expect so many people to connect with the show in the way that they did, and that's been really exciting. Yeah, I feel like I did not expect it to be as successful as you did. Like you were like, this is definitely going to like people will listen to it. It'll be a big deal. But I remember like, I think at the end of season two, we were like, when do you think we'll hit a million listens? (laughs) And you were like, I think we'll hit a million listens by the end of the year. Yeah. And I was like, that's deranged. Like I was like, there's no (laughs) way that people are going to listen to these episodes a million times at the end of the year. Like that's insane. Mm -hmm. And I think now we are on pace to hit 8 million by the end of the year, which is just like bonkers. I don't (laughs) even know what those numbers mean. We love you. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah. And rules. I think like the really exciting part about working on this has been that like Defector is such a small company. We're such a small Mm -hmm. team. Um, and so we've been allowed to implement all of our wacky ideas, uh, like this subscription, um, that was able to like take people's excitement for the show and like harness it directly towards supporting the show which is great and it's like something i've always wanted to do and haven't been able to because bureaucracy bureaucracy yeah (laughs) i think that's true and i feel like i don't know i feel very connected to the listeners because of that because like you have access to us and we see your close friend stories and Mm -hmm. i'm like aware of you getting engaged and stuff which i think is kind of cute oh my god amazing (laughs) so many cute dogs and cats I know. Congratulations to all of you on your adorable pets and children. (laughs) Um, What are your dreams for the next year? Mm, That's a good question. So I think one of the questions I like want to address with the subscribers, not like in Mm -hmm. public, is the one that you all are constantly asking, which is like, when is the next season? Mm -hmm. And I can say genuinely, I don't know. And when I know, I will tell you. Um, We are like figuring out still who is going to sell our ads for 2023. And because we have not figured that out yet, (laughs) we cannot set a start date, which means we can't start producing. And like, as we have told you many times, we have to like write the episodes, edit them, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. So once we are hoping to get that nailed down this week or next week, and then we will be like moving forward. Yeah. But I will, I promise that I will tell you when we know. Um, So that is the, I know everyone's like pressing question um for 2023 and i don't know is not a satisfying answer so i'm sorry but it is Um, coming back but it is coming back Mm -hmm. for sure yeah Mm -hmm. i 
I feel like we've had a few weeks off. I had an actual week off last week for the first time since like June. And I came back like truly insane. Like I came back refreshed (laughs) and was like, what if we did all this really ridiculous stuff? And like, I think that that is just, I mean, that's why we try to prioritize our rest is that like, we want space to be creative and to like have fun with you guys. And I think that this like little space between these seasons will give us time to do bigger, better stories in season four. Yes, definitely. I think that like, something people maybe don't realize and I think we've explained it a couple times like on Instagram maybe but you know between season two and season three of this year we actually didn't have any time off even though the show Mm -hmm. stopped publishing for a period um, we were actively in production straight through Uh, like we published the last episode of season two and the next week we're like working on the first episode of season three Um, and I think that made us very tired. And toward the end of September, I was feeling like I was uh, losing my mind a small Dead. amount. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. And I just don't ever want this show to feel like that. Uh, so we're, we've done a lot of reflection and we are thinking a lot about like what our work process looks like mm-hmm. and how we put these episodes together so that it's not like, you know, completely draining our life force to handle the logistics (laughs) like I want to be clear like the creative work is really really fun and exciting for us and I think that's why the show is good is because we just entertain ourselves Um, but it's like the logistics of like coordinating an entire season and all of the guests and all of you know calendar events and spreadsheets like that's the thing that gets really difficult yeah, and I think this goes, like, back to the the question you asked me, which is, like, what are your hopes for next year? Mm-hmm. And I think, like, something's got to give, right? Like, Nancy Myers is always right. <laughs> but, like, it, in the next year, something's got to give, right? If we want mm-hmm. to keep adding, which we do, right? Like, we're doing these two live shows. We would love to do, like, live shows in other cities mm-hmm. next year. It is, like, on our big dream board. Mm-hmm. But that means that we have to spend the next couple of weeks figuring out, like, what that will look like exactly and how we make time to make sure that all of that is as good as possible for y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are some goals we have. I don't know. Yeah. Um, also keep an eye out for a Google form asking for your zip code. Um, oh, yeah. We share it periodically and we'll share it again next week um, after the live shows. Uh, we have this Google form where we're asking people where they live um, so that we have zip codes, (laughs) AKA data to point to, uh, to make the case for where we go for our next live show. So um, much more useful than messaging us and telling us to come to a place. Yeah. Yeah. I think (laughs) the like gossip about the live show is that one, we were only supposed to do one of them. Mm -hmm. And two, I I think it's fine if I say this, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think think it's fine. Um, Okay. It's paywalled. Yeah. The gossip about the live show is that we did our first like test show in New York in June and really had a good time and loved seeing like you in person and thought it was really fun. And so we were like, we want to do more of these. And we talked to some people who are like, they're good at touring, right? Like we were like, how do we do this? And they told us like, basically we can't figure out what you need to do without more data because we had played mm-hmm. in a 150 person venue and sold it out immediately. They were in like, New we York, don't know which is our biggest like concentration of listeners. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. So they were like, we don't know what this means, right? Does that mean you could have sold out a 300-person venue? Does it mean that you can only sell out 150 and Mm -hmm. only in New York? And so we decided to do this December show, not because we were like, oh, we're going to start a big tour right now in December, but because (laughs) we were like, we think we can make it really good. And this will give us the data we need if we want to do more of them. Mm -hmm. Like if there's demand, we'll be able to do more in the future based on this data. But then you guys, because you're all sickos, completely like ruined our data collection by selling out two nights of that sixth and I, which is a 700 person venue. Uh, so like, do I feel insane? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm extremely grateful and excited, but that means that we still need data (laughs) to make touring decisions next year so it's like we're kind of in a weird position where it's like if we we had a lot of people from dc fill out that form the first time and that's part of why we're doing the show here because we were like it's not our biggest listenership in terms of like the data that we get from the actual streams but it it did have the most people who had responded to this form what i'm saying is if you respond to the form in mass we will probably come to you Mm -hmm. so consider that exactly (laughs) Uh, business. We love business. business. We're super <laughs> excited to see you next week. We can't wait. Um, I think that's plenty of business. No more business stuff. What we should do instead of business <laughs> stuff is learn about the drama that is happening in the chess world that all of you are still obsessed with from a few months ago. So There's more? Yes, there is a lot more. So please welcome back to the show Defector's own Patrick Redford. Patrick, welcome. <laughs> Hello, good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to goss. Oh, we're so excited that you're here. How are you doing, Patty? I'm I'm thriving. I'm moisturized. I'm feeling great. Your wow, skin is great. glowing. I know. I did just put my glow serum on right before this. Wow. Your glow what? serum. Okay, send us Tell the us link more. to that afterwards. Yeah, skincare routine will be for the extra special double subscriber episode. Oh wow. Yeah, great perk. I love that. <laughs> Patrick, can you um catch us up on just give us like a recap like pretend this is bachelor in paradise and we forgot all of the characters <laughs> okay previously on um normal gossip uh i listened i listened back to our episode um it was great i had a fun time it's a fun and, episode uh and it's all about like this cheating scandal between magnus carlson on one side the greatest chess player in the world and hans neiman this precocious 19 year old american who Magnus accused of cheating at chess to beat him at this prestigious tournament. Mm -hmm. And there was this long back and forth, and it ended with Magnus finally actually coming out and saying, I think Hans cheated against me. And um, on the episode, I believe I said, quote, Magnus isn't going to face (laughs) any consequences unless Hans personally sues him. Uh Oh, Um, Oh, boy. Terrifying lead. (laughs) That that was resolved. But I think I think we need to move chronologically from where we left off to now. Thank you. Okay, so right after we recorded, but before the episode was released, um, the good people, well, questionably good people over at (gasps) chess.com released this like lengthy, like 60 page dossier on Hans. They basically just came out and they were like, here is the entire record of Hans perhaps cheating on our platform. And it was like way more than he had ever said. He had like cheated according to them in like all these tournaments and all these other games against grandmasters. Um, they had this like the most damning piece of evidence was they like looked at all of his games and showed that he had a way better record in games where he was like opening other windows during Ooh, like yikes. the chess match. 
and like they can't and see they can what is see in those that, like in their inside their platform they can see that he's opened another window yeah it's like some sort of proprietary anti-cheating software i tried to get oh. them to talk to me about it but i think for like you know, corporate security <laughs> reasons. They're like, we're not going to tell you this tech we have. But it's like similar to the the programming that schools have now, right? For mm-hmm. online tests, where it's like, we can tell that you have navigated away from this browser. Do they have that tech? Wow. Yes. It's Th- terrifying. Thank God that we're all adults now and don't have to take tests. <laughs> no, computers have really progressed. Um, <laughs> and so like, that's bad. Um, because like, yes. you know, chess is famously like a game where you need to use your brain and concentrate and stuff. So like, even if you're opening up the Wikipedia for like famous turtles or something, like that's going to distract you from you know the knights and the bishops and stuff, which um, theoretically should make your score go down, right? And you're yes. saying that the status said that your score is going up or Hans's score is going up if he's switching. But the, the gossipy and like kind of confusing part about the report is that it spends maybe twenty percent of its time on the stuff that happened you know under its purview of Chess.com, oh, no. but mostly focuses on the question of whether he cheated over the board which is, like, mm. how this all started oh. against Magnus, which is, like, A, not provable, and B, not under Chess.com's jurisdiction, such that I, it exists. Can I provide a little color to the story that you're telling, Patrick? Yeah, please. I'm <laughs> naming too many facts. No, I love these facts, but I just want everyone here to know that when this story dropped on Chess.com, you and I were in the Poconos at a, like, company sleepaway camp, essentially, and everyone was in this like giant room that was kind of like where you might have a wedding reception. And we were sitting at these big circle tables and people were just like whispering and like cackling at one table. And so I, because I am like drawn to all gossip, was like, excuse me, what's happening over here? And Patrick had like fire in his eyes and was like, chess.com dropped a giant report. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah, you like apparated across the room as the sweetie treaties were rolled out and you were just yeah. like what's going on? <laughs> it was lovely. And then, and then you were just like blogging about chess and I was like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun time. Um, it was fun. And so, yeah, that was like, that was a love. It was fun to hang out. But um, I just think it's proof that like this story belongs on this episode is that like everyone in that little conference room, everyone we work with was like, Patrick, what's happening? What's in the report? And you were like, I literally haven't read it yet. Like it just <laughs> dropped. <laughs> and so, what is in the report is mostly this like data-driven speculation that Hans is basically too good to be true, mm-hmm. um, and it's all it, it's all sort of like circumstantial. None of it is actually proof, um, which is weird because yeah, that's not really their yeah. problem. And the timing of their report comes out the day before the U.S. Chess Championships. Sneaky, started, that which he Hans is playing in, which Hans goes to. Yeah, um, wow, and it's at the same place where. Um, he and Magnus had their famous dust up. Um, and at this tournament, there's all these enhanced security measures. Like they're scanning his butt extra special, (laughs) like all that good stuff. Um, Wait, hold on. How do you know that they're scanning his butt extra special? Like that's a very specific (laughs) Great question. you get it? (laughs) There's a video and the URL is defector.com. If you'd like to find this video, (laughs) we'll link um, it too in the show notes of, of a close, a close scan of, um, you know his his whole area his tush yeah and so i i'd like to i'd like to ask you um kelsey mckinney style okay uh-huh. so you're hans you've just like the most powerful entity in chess has just released this like super long book report about how you're a fraud how like how would you how would your mental feel going into Ooh. the tournament 
not good not good <laughs> bud i would feel bad i think um hmm. i would have spent the morning crying yeah but we are weaker than hans yeah I think, i'm mentally. not hans i also think uh, this is uh, you know allegedly if you're the type of person that has cheated the amount that hans has cheated i also assume that you just like don't care right that you have like no like, in this situation where I'm saying I feel bad, it would be a situation in which I feel bad because I'm being falsely accused of something I didn't do and that is, like, ruining my credibility. But in the situation where you mm-hmm. did do it, maybe you're just kind of like, whatever, fuck chess.com, <clears throat> which is, like, kind of funny, I guess. So I don't I don't know how Hans feels. Uh, Alex and Kelsey, you're both right, because I think most normal people would just sort of melt. Um, but Hans... <laughs> Hans is built different. Um, oh no! And so he he comes out swinging. He gives built he gives these interviews where he basically just sidesteps the question of whether he cheated on chess dot com and is just he's basically just like whole world's against me. The most powerful entities in chess are uniting to team up on me because I threatened chess's big acquisition of Magnus's business group. That's like this eight figure deal. The haters are arrayed against me, but yeah. you know what? The chess will speak for itself, and I'm here at the U.S. Championship to win. Which he does not do. <laughs> he performs very poorly at first, and then he like gives this interview halfway through where he was just like, okay, gloves are off. I'm here to do some wild stuff. Let's have some fun. Let's get nutty. And then he wins like four games in a row. And he keeps giving what? these interviews and saying things you shouldn't say like, oh, I didn't prepare for this opening at all. I was just out there like freestyling, just letting the chest like flow what? through me. Which, like, again, that's not the like flow through me. It's not. It's not how it works. That's not good. I was um, gonna say, like, losing I, your first game or your first match uh, after being accused of cheating almost seems like a good strategy to me. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point, right? That you come in and you're like, oh no, oh no, underdog oh, no. me, I'm being accused. Mm-hmm. Mm so sad how could anyone pick on me underdog hans my little and pawn. You, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then you lose four games and then you're like well at this point now that i've lost four games i might as well do some stupid shit and then you just immediately are winning again you're right alex i also think that this is sketchy mm-hmm. yeah he gets he gets mm. silly with it um he's the main he he appears really relaxed in all these interviews. It's really strange where, <clears throat> you know, the interviewer That's is just like, hey, your whole life is uh, crumbling around you and everyone thinks you're a fraud and <laughs> all the most powerful people in chess don't like you. Um, what's up with that? And he was just like, you know, I'm just playing good moves. Everyone knows I'm the best. Like, we're here to have fun. It's kind of strange. Um, at this point, when you're consuming this content, how are you feeling about Hans? Like, are you like this guy's balling out, or are you like he's annoying? I'm really grateful uh, because it's <laughs> extremely funny, and like most chess interviews are like super dry and technical, mm-hmm. and basically, I think just because of like the mental gymnastics required to make it all work, like most people are pretty like down the middle yeah. kind of chess robots. So I'm grateful for a character. Um, and the chess he plays is genuinely exciting. Like he does bad things all the time. It's really fun. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy that. Like, wait, by bad do you mean like actually? Sorry, by bad do you mean <laughs> moves that aren't good or bad? Like just like evil. Kind of both. Yeah, okay. he he he's a he's a dastardly little fella. I like it. <laughs> Um, okay. Like he he beat this fifteen year old grandmaster with like this like kind of wild rook sacrifice, and it was like, oh my god, he's, yeah. 
I mean, there's there's like babies. I think the person, the woman who won the U.S. championships is like a 19 or 20 year old Harvard student, and they were like, "What "What are you gonna do with the winnings?" And she was like, "I have student loans. Like it's all going there." (laughs) (laughs) So like. Chess is definitely a young person's game. Good country. Wow. Love it here. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Okay, continue. So he goes okay. sicko mode in the like second section of this tournament. Oh, wait. Sidebar. In his last game, he like knocks out the guy who's in second place uh. from having a chance of winning. And in that game, uh, his opponent, Sam Savian, reaches across the board, <gasps> picks up his little king, and he's just kind of staring at Hans as he like twists the little king's head off. What? And Hans is just like, what are you doing? And he's just uh. kind of like... And then he like puts the king back in a different square and just kind of looks up. And what? Like, what? It's really weird. Did he decapitate it's, the king? He yeah, he beheaded him. He went he went regicide mode. It was strange. What? What? And it was like kind of never explained. And this Hans, guy's just doing regicide on the chess board, and no one is saying funny. anything. Everyone's just staring at him silently. I think the theory is like to defeat a cheater, you must become a cheater. You know. Um, but how is taking strange. the head off of the king? This is bad cheating. Yeah, it was it wasn't really cheating. It was mostly just like like mental combat. Um, it's very weird. Wow. Hans won that game. Finished in a fifth way five way tie for fifth. And then I kind of <laughs> okay. thought at this point like things will settle down. Okay. Things did not settle down. A five way uh, tie for fifth. Okay. <laughs> the very next day, Hans and his lawyers file a hundred million dollar defamation suit against Chess.com, Magnus Carlsen, Hikaru Nakamura, the uh, the streamer guy. Um, and they allege, like, his reputation is dead. He's never going to play in another tournament again. He's lost all this money. Um, they basically don't answer the question of whether... Like, they just basically... Like, he never cheated. It's all a lie. Which, like, it's probably not true. Um, <laughs> and it's this, like, huge defiant, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm here to reclaim my reputation. And, like... Also, like, he's suing everyone, right? Everyone. Like, he's like, everyone I could be suing, I'm suing. And, and the language also, is so strong. It's like it's all these It's also important to know that this also dropped while we were still at work sleepaway camp. <laughs> yeah, and so true. everyone was just freaking out the whole time about chess. And then all of these people were like, what's happening? And we were like, consider readdefector.com. That's right. <laughs> God, they really That's pulled right. that together very quickly. They did. In one day. Yeah, I, I think there was sort of a, uh, like a... a a PR war around like the attention he was going to get at the chess championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like in the suit, they accuse the chess.com people of timing their report to like when the championship started, which and they that, certainly did. Yeah. That like, makes that sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And like huh. in a lot of the, in a lot of the correspondence that like both the suit and the report show the chess.com people were communicating with Hans, like inviting him to tournaments, like super excited <laughs> to have you here. Until Magnus Back made his stabby. accusation. And then the second Magnus went out against him, Chess.com got behind their boy oh. and came out against Hans. Okay, okay, question, question. In the world of chess, what role does Chess.com occupy? Are they a journalistic institution in addition to being a platform for playing? Good like, That's a do they question. sponsor stuff at live events? Like, is their name in the, in the atmosphere at a live chess tournament? I don't think they do too much over the board stuff, mm. but they're definitely the biggest online player. Mm. Um, okay. I think, I don't know, 85% of games are played on chess.com. Wow. They have like a pretty strong editorial arm. They host like million dollar big money tournaments. Mm. And crucially, they're buying Magnus's um, like sort of teaching and otherwise chess business empire for $83 million well, while this well, is all happening. Well. Oh, and that's like the, the main part of Hans's suit. Yeah. 
And so he's basically, his accusation is essentially because I cost Magnus this chance to get this like high rating and like made him yeah. look like a fool, he got his mm-hmm. boys at chess.com to like come Slander after me. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which like, great argument. Kind of holds water for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely. Yeah, this always gets so complicated. I always come in like, Hans is dumb, Hans is wrong. And then I'm like, wait, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think just because the central question at the heart of it is unanswerable, there's definitely like, like there's a lot of gossipy elements to it. Like yeah. they're playing the PR game, you know? I love that. Don't worry, darling hours out here at chess.com. <laughs> that's right. And that's kind of where our story has ended. Basically, no one said anything. Hans played at the World Team Championships and lost, like, all, he played so badly. Wow. Um, and that's huh. the last, like, no one said anything publicly about the suit because, you know, now it's in lawyer hours where everyone's just like, don't say anything, no comment. Mm-hmm. So, I have another question about Hans, which is, is he a consistent player? Like, you know how in some sports it's like, oh, he always goes out and hits, like, whatever, well. And then some players, it's like, oh, he either hits a home run or he strikes out, right? Like, which type of player is Hans? He's fairly he's fairly inconsistent. He's definitely that, like, mm-hmm. strikes and homers kind of guy. Um, okay. Because he's beaten some of the best players in the world. But then, like, at the U.S. championships, he also just lost a bunch of games in weird ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, the real takeaway is that he's, like, very much 19 years old. Um, and he plays <laughs> like it. <laughs> so. Wow. And know. he plays like it. Wow. I find Imagine. myself rooting for Hans, despite it all. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask who who's like have you, as your hero villain. Is, you know, how have your feelings changed mm. as this has progressed? I, I think, oh, go ahead. Jinx, jinx, jinx. Yeah, I mean, I I feel sketchy about Chess.com now mm. um, and their relationship with Magnus and. I maintain that I don't think that Hans is totally innocent, but I feel my allegiance leaning toward him. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I think that Magnuson is my sweetie of the game in that, like, I think that he's kind of getting screwed over in every direction in that, like, he was supposed to sell this thing to chess.com and now it's worthless. And also perhaps Hans is cheating and now people are confused about whether to support him or not. So I feel bad for my sweetie Magnus. Please do not make me regret this, Magnus. I will be so <laughs> mad. Um, but yeah, I also find myself like feeling sympathetic towards Hans in that I'm like, you don't actually, I really do not like what you said about like 20% of the article is about what he did on chess.com and 80% is over the board. Like that feels sketchy to me because I'm like, you're not a journalistic institution, you're chess.com. So like maybe <laughs> stay with what you know, which is what he did on your own platform. And that is like, to me, damning enough, right? Like to be able to say like, if he opens another window, he does better is like not a good sign. <laughs> Yeah, that seems pretty indisputable there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What do you think, Patty? Who's your villain? <sighs> I think the villain is probably Hans still. <laughs> Although I... The thing is, like, I, I, I want to believe he's not fully cheating. Like, I want to believe he is this good of a player just because as someone whose job it is to write about funny chess drama things, like, I want him in the game. And so for my own, maybe this is a selfish take, but for my own personal stake, I want him to like 
be going to big tournaments and saying outrageous things and like beating good players because at the end of the it's day, fun. it's it's fun. Yeah, it's funny, and that's so my if stake you in could it. produce national chefs you would produce Hans into the spotlight. <laughs> yeah, I would I would be I would be pushing him as much as possible, like doing the whole reality show treatment, getting him out there, just putting him in front of a camera and letting him say things is like a pretty reliable. Yeah, that's always fun. Good yeah. content. Before you go, Patrick, um this is going to come out I think soon this week. Yeah, this week. It's coming out this week. So, before you leave, you also write and watch about watch soccer, which is currently a big um, thing that many of our listeners probably know about because the World Cup is going on. Do you have a recommendation for the gossipers of which team is gossipiest or which mm. team has the most drama going on that they should pay attention to? That's a good question. The um, the the star-studded Belgium team that finished third is in the okay. midst of some drama where there's drama? all these reports from French, like this French paper, L'Equipe, that's okay. just like, all the players are fighting, the coach doesn't like them, Ooh. but then... But that, that that kind of stuff happens all the time. And the coach gave this press conference where he was just like, that's like literally the French media trying to undermine our team to promote <gasps> France. Don't believe them. Uh, amazing. And I kind of think, I think both sides are basically telling the truth. They've played poorly. But the real gossip <laughs> team is England for sure. Like Why? 100%. Oh, because of the Wagatha Christie scandal. Well, well, none of those players are on the team anymore. But like that, the Wagatha Christie scandal hints at like, the gossipy power of the English tabloids. I have no um, idea what Wagatha Christie is. Oh my god! Uh, that's that's like a whole. <laughs> okay, that's a great. whole other episode. Stay tuned, um, people. <laughs> Patrick, do a very brief synopsis. Okay. The the like ninety second synopsis is that there's these two England players, um, Wayne Rooney and Jamie Vardy, okay. and their wives are kind of friends, oh but then um, Colleen Rooney, Wayne's wife, notices that like the son tabloid i think yeah it's the sun mm-hmm. is like publishing all these exclusives about her that seem to just be like sourced from her private instagram basically and so in or in order to ferret out the leaker she like reduces the people who can view the story to one to just jamie vardy's wife i forget her first name i think it's rebecca. and then yeah rebecca vardy yeah and then um when those stories start showing up in the sun Plants she plants like, like fake stories. <gasps> on yeah, she plants fake st- that only and, Rebecca Vardy can see. <laughs> and they're so funny. I, they're like totally outlandish, like perfect tabloid fodder. And they show up in the sun. And then um, Colleen Rooney drops this like all time Instagram post where she just like puts all the receipts out there. It's incredible. It's incredible. And then they go to the mattresses for like this like just really really serious lawsuit. None of them settle. <laughs> Their lawyers are just like, "This is stupid. What are you doing?" And I think Colleen just won a decision like two months ago. Uh, It was incredible. That's the best scandal. Wow. Yeah. I'm obsessed. But I do think that the Wagatha Christie scandal is very like, this is what's happening on the England team, right? Which is (laughs) that like, these guys are very famous. Their wives are very famous. And they are all creating chaos. My my favorite current, this isn't really an ongoing story, but he's like, he plays every game for England. Mm -hmm. So John Stones, central defender, as the name might suggest. He um, <laughs> he married his childhood sweetheart. First name's Millie. I forget her last name. Cute. I don't know if they okay. married, but just dated for a long time. Yeah. And then he got caught cheating with an event <gasps> planner. No! And so he got her face tattooed on his arm. Like, it's like a big tattoo. Wait, the event planners or his no, childhood the, the sweetheart? No, the, the Oh, my God. To just be like, I will, I, I, I'm going to atone for my mistake, and I will stay true to you. No. With no. this big tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think they split within 18 months. Like, Amazing. Was oh, not, my God. Was idea. And but her so whole family was, like, working for him because he's mega rich. Like, her parents were, like, his, like, I don't know. They worked at his mansion or something. Her younger brother was, like, his driver. It was, like, what? a real messy situation. And so now he's at the World Cup with her face. Just like and, he, and then he got the tattoo inches. removed like a year later. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it was, it was like a big tattoo. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's my that's my favorite bit of. I guess it's sort of old gossip now, but I love yeah. that gossip. Amazing. But that's good. So we're paying attention to mostly Europe, Belgium, France, and England are our major sources of gossip. Yeah, like the Brazilian team likes each other a lot. The French Aww. team is always reliably good for like some emotional blowups, but they mm-hmm. seem to have their lives together a little bit. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. And well, we'll it's been a fun World Cup. Amazing. Yeah. Patrick, thank you so much for coming on the show and updating the listeners on chess. I, they have had a lot of questions, honestly. <laughs> so I'm glad that you could provide them for them. Thanks for having me on. And for the skincare routine, subscribe to Defector.com and maybe you'll get it someday. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for supporting Normal Gossip. If you want to be a guest on a future subscriber episode, please upgrade to the friend level at supportnormalgossip.com if you haven't already. This podcast was produced by Alex Sujan Laughlin. Defector's Projects Editor is Justin Ellis. Our Editor-in-Chief is Tom Lay. Thank you to the rest of the Defector staff. Defector Media is a collectively owned subscriber-based media company. Thank you so much for your support. It's what allows us to do what we do. I'm Kelsey McKinney, and remember, you did not hear this from me. Wait, what, but what, but actually, what is? Serum, yeah, <laughs> what's the serum? <laughs>